So what had happened was I got kicked out of an improv theater in Dayton and decided to keep doing comedy anyway. <laughs> Is that good? That's perfect. <laughs> okay. Take that improv class. Yeah. <laughs> totally taking down the Dayton improv. <laughs> no more improv for you. <laughs> Thanks for finding the What Had Happened Was podcast. I'm Amelia Robinson from Dayton.com, and the voice you just heard belongs to the very funny Megan Stalter. Despite what that local improv teacher told her, the Wayne High School grad is making a name for herself in comedy. She is one of the players on the brand new National Lampoon Radio Hour podcast, along with a list of comedians that includes Rachel Dretch, Amy Sedera, and Joe Firestone. I could tell you that Megan brings a unique voice to comedy, but why don't you just hear it for yourself? Here's a clip from the National Lampoon's show. Hi, <laughs> um, I'm Megan Stalter. I'm five foot eight. Um, what am I? Who am I? You know, I'm a wife of Mason. I have about 56 kids running around. Don't ever see them very much. People ask me who's taking care of my kids. And I'm going, well, d- you know, what are you telling me that for? Um, Mason takes care of him, my husband. He's a curvy guy. Um, he lost his job about 15 years ago. My name's Felicity Morgan. I was born in 2003. My cousin Don disappeared for three days when I was five, and I have never been the same. I like painting, but never do it. I like my sisters. Not only is Megan funny, though, she's a proud Daytonian. We talked about how she got her start in comedy right here at Wiley's. While her family wants her to go away and also wants her to stay, Pee Wee Herman and the trouble with the WWW, that's the World Wide Web for those who don't know. The What Happened Was podcast is a product of Dayton.com, sponsored by Premier Health. This episode was recorded in the WHIO Radio Studios. If you like what you hear, rate and subscribe to the What Had Happened Was podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and wherever else you find shows you just love. Here is my chat with the hilarious Megan Stalter, which got started after I figured out how to work the phones. Have her talk to you. Say something. Megan. Oh, oh, okay. Yes, perfect. <laughs> Hello, how, how's it now? <laughs> it's better. I'm sorry about that. Literally. <laughs> no, don't be sorry. <laughs> You're good, Thank you. Appreciate it. How many people does it take? <laughs> That's why I said because we all have issues like this. Don't feel bad. Okay. Thanks a lot, Brittany. Have a good day. Yeah. yeah well, it's because I normally interview people in person. So every time it's like over the phone, I'm like, I don't know what to do. Where am I? What's going on? <laughs> Who am I? No, phones are like weird and you're like, wait, am I calling the right number? And yeah, <laughs> is this the right person? Yeah. And it's like, is it the right time? And where, where, where am I going now? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's rough business being alive. <laughs> so thanks for understanding. <laughs> Oh my God, no problem. No, I don't even know how I work a computer or a phone. <laughs> so you're from here, right? Yes. I was born in Cleveland, but I think we moved to Dayton when I was like 13. So I really see I'm from Dayton. I probably moved in like 2014 to Chicago from Dayton, Ohio, and then just recently moved to New York. But yeah, I'm from Dayton. I started comedy there a little bit. <laughs> 
So where'd you start at uh, Wiley's or something? Yeah, I was doing Wiley's. I took some improv classes too, but mostly it was uh, Wiley's. I was probably doing a show there a month and I was just so addicted to it. Some of my friends moved to Chicago and was like, there's so much comedy here. You should move here, kind of the place you go if you can't afford to move to LA or New York. <laughs> you want to like do more stuff, but I love Wiley's. I think Dayton is such a good place to live, to be from. So I really do. I had so much fun starting there. So, you know, Aaron Phillips and all those people. Yes, yes, yeah. And like Karen Jaffe, I started with her. Like she's helped me a lot. All the Dayton people are amazing, yeah. I don't think I've been back to Wiley since I feel like they did a lot of a new renovation sort of. Yeah, they have a new owner. I've seen pictures. Yeah, yeah, it's like new and painted, all nice, and new seats and stuff. Yeah, I love that. That theater feels like a movie or something when you're there. So I was reading your bio that you get kicked out of an improv class or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) What is that about? I I forget that I put that in my bio. Yeah, so basically I started, there's an improv theater, and I don't want to say the name of, but... Oh, do it, never. (laughs) (laughs) Bringing them down. (laughs) So it was was a huge thing, though. It honestly was pretty traumatic, but I was doing improv classes there at the theater in Dayton, and I was like, the first time I was performing in years, like since high school, I was like 23, and I was just so excited to be there, and... And what happened was there was a little bit of a fallout with the owner and one of the teachers. I kept taking classes from that teacher, but then the owner was like, you need to choose. He put me in a show, but I was super bad. <laughs> and it was the Shakespeare improv show. And I don't know Shakespeare. I guess I kept doing a lot of jokes on stage. <laughs> that was like the Shakespeare show. I guess there was a night where I poisoned everyone. I was like Michael Scott from The Office doing improv. It was really bad. <laughs> he was also not nice to me and was like, you're never going to make a career out of stand-up. You need to like keep taking my class. And I remember him being like, you're going to move to Chicago with your friends and you're going to want to come back and take more classes from me. And it was just super weird. So I, I left. I didn't really get out. I mean, I was asked to stop doing the show, though. <laughs> so, I guess technically I was also asked to leave. He said, you're not allowed to do the shows anymore. You're doing stand-up. You're trying to be joking on my stage. I don't want you in the show anymore, but you can keep taking classes from me. And give me money right your money yeah yeah that's a weird situation reminds me of the time like when i was a kid i was singing in church choir and my aunt was like the director or whatever and she's like you don't need to sing anymore and i'm like uh it's choir savage (laughs) she denies it but it happened i actually had a similar experience i was um singing in like the church youth group and I remember someone saying to turn down my mic. Oh, God. Like, I, I, it was like a rehearsal. <laughs> Me and my sister laugh about it all the time because it's so embarrassing. One of my favorite jokes now is saying, like, I'm a good singer, but like being like, oh my God, I have an amazing voice. But I'm not. I'm just pretty average. Not bad, which is almost funnier to be like, an average singer and saying that you're a good like an amazing singer <laughs> and it was like just me and this other girl singing and she had a beautiful voice and then I think it was her brother it was like just the three of us and my friend overheard her say you need to turn down her mic oh, on that's me funny. funny to be told I don't know for church or like choir or something <laughs> where you're trying to sing to God and like it's not supposed to be about how good you sing to be like no it is like turn down her mic <laughs> yeah move her along get out of here they, they like move all of a sudden along. <laughs> yeah <laughs> All of a sudden, the cane comes out of, like, the 
Bible something, I don't know. Oh my God, yeah. So which high school and stuff did you go to? Oh, I went to Wayne High School. Oh, okay. You grew up at Huber Heights then? Yes, I went to, oh God, what was the middle school? Wisenborn? I don't know if that's still around. Wisenborn Middle School and then Wayne High School. I was very like into their theater program, but never got part at all. I was always none number three or something, but I loved it. <laughs> so why comedy? Why are you doing the comedy thing? I am so, so addicted to it that I literally feel not myself if I'm not doing it. When I go on trip, if I'm not doing it for a week, I start getting truly sad. It's kind of like everything I've always wanted to do and didn't know that I could do it as like an adult. Growing up, I wanted to just be like an actress, but I didn't really. I think the idea of going to auditions and not being a comedian and just waiting for someone else to cast you in their thing would be devastating. If you're a comedian and you go on auditions for acting stuff and then you get, and it's a bad audition or something, you go home and write or you go home and make something or like you get on a show and you feel better. And then if you're an actress or an actor, I feel like it's so hard. It's so competitive. There's so many amazing not that comedy isn't, it's very competitive, but I don't know, it just makes me feel like myself. <laughs> Auditions are so hard. I don't know how actors do it. It's crazy. Yeah, I don't know how they do it either. It's, it's a right? hustle, constant it's, it's hustle. Audition rooms, it's so awful. I think what I run into now is people think that I would be good in auditions because I perform so much, but then so they see me online and then I get in the room and I'm like shaking and dropping my papers. <laughs> and they're like, who has been sent to me? <laughs> Listen to a little bit of you guys' podcast. It's hilarious. How'd you get involved in that? We're really excited. It's basically a sketch comedy podcast. I uh, got involved because I was like friends with Cole Scola online. We just really hit it off online. And then I just moved to New York in August and we met up right away and just fell in love. And he was the head writer on that podcast. So he was like, oh, I think I'm going to do this podcast for National Lampoon is like revamping and he was like, I'd love to have you. And it just was like a dream come true. <laughs> it was such a freeing thing to do. I just really feel like I will never have a job that, oh, just write whatever you want. And like, we're all making two minute sketch. All the stuff that went in is so funny. And they're just like the best people to work with ever. Were you in that, it's like a chiller oh. thing or something? Was that you? Yeah. That was yeah. yeah, that one was me with the brain injury. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. That one was me. All my, it, it, we were very free to write like the stuff that we like to write, and all my characters are literally having mental breakdowns in the <laughs> show. And just everyone has such a different sense of humor, yet it all goes together. It's a pretty diverse group. It was really, really fun. I like, I'm so in love with all of them that made it with me. I really hope people listen and love it, and that we get to make more. <laughs> and it matches with your YouTube show. Well, is that YouTube or Facebook? Is it? Both? We put it on both. It's more YouTube than Facebook. I feel like it's hard to get anyone to watch anything on Facebook. I have a hard time getting anyone to, I don't know. I think people are more on YouTube than Facebook now or like on Twitter more than Facebook. I don't know. But I still put it on Facebook for, because I think I have a lot of family members on Facebook that I still <laughs> communicate with. <laughs> so it's always up for my mom on there. What would you tell somebody who wants to get into? Because obviously it is competitive like you were saying not as competitive acting but you're from ohio yeah. like how are you going to get into this business truly i just think it's making your own stuff and somehow getting it out there whether it's online or like on stage because truly even though it's competitive i never feel like i'm competing with anyone because there's like room for all of us i feel like if everyone's doing their own thing then it's not really like i, I think acting is more competitive because if you're going in for the same part you're being told yes or no by people and when you do your own comedy you're 
you're telling yourself yes. You're just making your own stuff and finding your voice. So if it's someone in Ohio, I just say to start doing open mics and see if you like it. Because, I mean, that's why I really fell in love. Doing it was just being like, oh, you can do whatever you want on stage. I loved the improv class before I was asked to stop doing it. <laughs> just didn't love that dude, right? What were you doing before you started doing comedy? I was working at a Friendly's as a waitress. I was babysitting and I was in school for a lot of different things because I couldn't choose. I think because like all I really wanted to do was do comedy, but I didn't know that that was like possible, truly. I was like going to Sprite State for a little bit, did Claire a lot. I was like in nursing classes, like oh, teaching wow. classes, everything. I tried everything. So what did your family say when you decided that this is what I'm going to do? I'm going to not be a nurse or a teacher. I'm going to do what I right. feel like I need to do. Were they supportive? They were. This is way out of left field, but I was also doing a lot of missions trip work. So I think that kind of went along too. Like, oh, okay, I like to do missions. I like to like travel and help people. Maybe I'll be a nurse. But I passed out when my sister gave birth. And so like, <laughs> so much I'm, like I'm not good at this. I cannot do it. My mom's an amazing nurse. And I just was like, oh, she's so helpful. And I love people. Well, maybe I'll be a nurse and I can't even, couldn't memorize any any of the material and also pass out at the side of blood. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they were supportive because I think my mom actually was like, if you want to do this, you should sign up for improv classes. You should do stand-up. I think she knew that I felt a little stuck because all I really felt like I was good at or, or wanted to do was this. And I didn't really know that it was an option truly to save up to move and keep performing and I don't know meet more people and Chicago felt like it was comedy school kind of I remember her being like you should just go you should just go but then she's funny my mom because she's very supportive but also she loves us so much that she wants us to stay forever so she'll like one day be like you need to go like sign up and then the next was like I can't believe you're leaving me like (laughs) what have I done my child (laughs) yes and my sister too Uh, my sisters and my brother they're all very supportive but also like we're all so close and my dad too everyone they're all supportive but please don't go but then like oh my god we love to see you shine (laughs) and they come to a lot of shows and stuff so are they still around Um, here your parents my dad's in cleveland my mom's in dayton with my sisters and my brother actually lives in new york now he's going to graduate art school i finally have a family member that lives by me again it's been six years since i have so it's been really nice you know how your family got to dayton in the first place Oh, my um, mom married somebody that was from Dayton. Oh. We were living in Cleveland when I was young. And then, yeah, we moved. They got married and then had my other sister. And, you know, when you relocate, you're like, well, we're here now. Let's make our life here. And You don't want to keep moving stuff while, around. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's how we stayed. I love Cleveland, too. But our lives were in Dayton, our school. And so we just stayed there. Yeah. And my mom and sisters are still there. And my nephew. <laughs> yeah, I'm originally from Cleveland, too. I'm here. Really? Yeah, partly because I'm like, I'm not putting all this stuff back in those boxes. This is where I'm going to be. Yeah. How did you, um, did you relocate for work? Yeah, for work. And then I married a a Dayton boy and I fell in love with the city. I love the city. It's cool to be in Dayton. I know. I really wouldn't have moved if I didn't feel like I needed to. I think it's such a 
amazing place and it's like sweet and I love going back I really wouldn't if it wasn't like for work to mm-hmm. move, well, I really wouldn't have moved it was hard to move away from family but also, I was also like really young and it, I never went away for college so it felt like okay I need to do this spread those wings and a little bit in Chicago and yeah and you just got to New York right I yeah mean, this is a pretty big uh, opportunity are you establishing yourself pretty well now yeah I'm it's been amazing oh, I was so worried about leaving Chicago but again like felt like I had to just I really follow my heart and be like okay I feel like it's time when I left Dayton I felt like it was time then left Chicago and was really like god I built a whole community here all my best friends are here I really made a life for myself and now it's time to go like what the heck but then when I I got to New York it was like I knew so many people comedians everyone was putting me on their show so nice to me truly like Cole took care of me with this job it's been so much better than I thought I never imagined myself living here truly like it never was a dream of mine it's just the dream that I had led me here and I, now I love it it's like a movie oh, that's cool. it's been really really fun yeah I have, my roommates are amazing so funny they're all male comedians I've never lived with boys before <laughs> <laughs> it's like a sitcom <laughs> <laughs> like what do they do that's funny are they just like dirty or something like not dirty that's probably not the <laughs> 27 to 30 sort of we're all around the age they're just all so funny every time we're all together we'll just watch he pulls up the weirdest stuff to watch on YouTube one night I had nightmares the whole night because he made us watch a bunch of chiropractor videos <laughs> and like where they pull the head I don't I'm, he just makes me laugh so hard I'm like crying like and I, and I don't even know why it's just so funny I had dreams all night that I this is violent that I was like throwing this woman's head on the ground and I oh, and God. I knew in the dream she was a villain but I knew when I woke up from the dream that it was because he made us watch those horrible videos of the neck being pulled. Like adjustments like or something? Ki- <laughs> yeah, it was awful. But he makes me laugh. They all make me laugh so hard. And it's like, yeah, living in, I don't know, a movie about comedy or something. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So where do you see this going? What is your ultimate dream Pop in to remind you that you are listening to the What Had Happened Was podcast, and I'm Amelia Robinson. This show is brought to you partly due to support from our sponsor, Premier Health. Our care lives in the hour between dropping off the kids and making it to your first meeting. Because scheduling your doctor's appointment should work around your life, not the other way around. Premier Health now offers online scheduling for primary care and select specialty services. Setting up an appointment takes seconds, and in some cases, you can see a provider the same day. Just head to premierhealth.com schedule to see how easy it can be. Our care lives on your schedule. Premier Health. Now, Megan is going to share her ultimate dream. I want to do everything. I want to write on different shows. I want to create my own show mm-hmm. and like do movies. Like I want to do all of it. I really want to do more shows out of town, travel more, try to like get better on auditions. Because <laughs> I'm really bad at them right now. And just learning more about New York and the different places to perform. I've just had so much fun. I've been doing a lot at um, Union Hall and the Bell House Theater, which has been like just so nice to have a couple places that I already feel at home here. Like in Chicago, Chicago was the hideout that I missed so bad. It's the best venue in the whole world. It's like more of a music venue, but they 
put on the weirdest comedy shows and I've been missing it so much. Yeah, it's just been so fun. I wanted to do it all though, yeah. Create, create, create. Yeah. For your video show, do you just do that improv style or is that written? Are you talking about the uh, Megan Stalter show? Yeah. So I write all the script, but when it comes to like casting, it's all Chicago people and they're all like really super good at improv. So basically we give out the scripts, but then they all improv and it's like even more funny than I can imagine just because like everyone does improv there. There's a lot of stand-ups that do the show too, but they're also so good at improv. Basically, we go off of a script, but like every take's different and we all make up our own stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's pretty scripted. Also fun to improv. How do you come up with some of the more unusual stuff you do? You do very unique comedy. <laughs> I think it was so many years of trying to do what... It, it was just like when I first started trying to do what I thought I had to do of being like, okay, I'm in an improv class. This is kind of what they want me to do or this is what stand-ups supposed to look like. And I think there was a point in my life where I was like, oh, I just want to do what I think is funny. Yeah. And I think that's where some of those weird ideas come from. It's just what I grew up on. My dad has like a very strange sense of humor and has just showed us the coolest things growing up. We were very into like Amy Herman, that kind of stuff. And he's just like, I don't know, introduce us to so many weird different movies that like I wouldn't normally have heard of. And my family has such a funny sense of humor that like I just think all of that together has shaped what I think is funny and then in the show I just do whatever I think is funny <laughs> and I just have a more weird sense of humor I think but I'm like more interested in creating awkward situations or like <laughs> than to be like oh this is a story about how weird dating is because I feel like everyone I think in a weird way people do relate to like weird stuff because they're like oh how did I don't know I didn't think anyone else thought of that before it's funny that you mentioned PB Herman too because I always think he's under rated people know pb herman but right he's just hilarious he's just like so he's different so funny i think there's nothing funnier than like when he's mad when he's a brat yeah i think he is underrated i think there was like a weird incident where people kind of canceled him yeah the masturbation or, in a movie theater yeah the things that people are canceled for these days that they should be and then to think back of what happened to him it's kind of sad you know yeah it's like he, I mean, he was sort of a child figure, sort of, but also he was a comedian, a real person. Yeah. <laughs> there was no weird. And his, yeah. Uh, his act before was like, I guess it was really dirty. His stand up was like super dirty. The Pee Wee Herman character was saying horrible, horrible things as a joke. I think what happened was then it turned into a kid's show, but originally his act was like dirty, like an adult stand-up. <laughs> yeah, somebody's always getting canceled nowadays. Uh, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Him, he didn't really hurt anyone, I don't think. If I remember the story correctly, like, he didn't get canceled for doing something to someone else. It was like, wasn't it like a rated R? Like, wasn't it a movie theater that people did that? And I don't know. Yeah, it was I like an adult he, movie yeah. theater that he was uh, hurting, no, not hurting himself. He was helping himself to himself. Right. <laughs> right. Like, and I think they kind of ruined his life. All these horrible people have done these horrible things that should be canceled. And then he got such a kind of got his career taken away for something he didn't do it to anyone else. Well, how many people make out of regular movie theaters or do stuff like with each other? You know, like, I don't know. A lot. And yeah. yeah. And that'd be like, it's like regular movies they're doing it in too. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's like he did wasn't bad at all. Like, really? I don't know. Are you worried about celebrity in that way where... If you get so big, it might take over your life. And next thing you know, can't breathe without people criticizing how many breaths you take. 
Oh, yeah. I wouldn't have ever, ever worried about, like, getting canceled because I've never done anything like that would even be remotely, you know. But I think what is scary is I've never been, like, recognized or anything until I got to New York. And it's, it is kind of scary because I think people recognize me from online, I guess. But I never had that before until I moved. And it, I've only been here a couple of months and it's, everything's different and I'm not even famous. So, like, I could only imagine when you are famous how crazy and scary it could be. People just treat you different or like they walk up to you and they're freaking out and they're like not seeing you as a real person anymore. And anytime something like that happens, like someone's like, I don't know, off the street or something, and then I have to like start texting my friends and family being like, okay, uh, like I feel weird and like not normal. And you want people to to notice your stuff and watch you, but it would be really scary to be fully famous, I think. Yeah, And, like, it would be scary to someone hear something you say and take it the wrong way, I think. Like, if you were on a podcast or on stage, you say something, and it's not like you're getting canceled, but it's something maybe you had different intentions of how they're taking it. That is scary. You know what I mean? That someone can switch your words in an interview or something. Oh, they definitely can. That is scary. Yeah. And people bring all their own garbage to the table at all points it seems oh, right and it gets completely or you know on twitter like you can um post a video this happens every time you post a video it'll be a character and people will be like is this real is this person <laughs> being real right now like and uh, it's, they can take it like that i think i just posted one yesterday where it was like supposed to be a mean christian girl oh this is your mean friend that went to church or something said some joke but people were like how oh my god she's awful like what a crazy viewer i can't believe it's like no that's a joke it's a character like i thought i clearly put it up as a joke so people do take everything you say and make it into something yeah this guy knows mom is ill so you know on facebook you you know send him a heart or something like that i accidentally sent him a laughing because it's right next to him this woman was oh, on, yeah. i know right and so i didn't know it all day and then finally i get a oh, message no. from him and he's like um what'd you put on my my post and i said what oh. what post and he sent me a screen grab his aunt or whoever the person was said you need to block oh. that crazy satanic bitch i'm like whoa oh. <laughs> Oh my god. And he's like, I'm yes. sure it was an accident. Um so anyway, right. I, I fixed it, but she went she went there for no to like a hundred. <laughs> You're so right. People totally take there's so many accidents you can do on online. <laughs> or like when people I don't know, yeah. yeah. Or I'll get like or I won't see someone staying and I'll see them in person, I'll be like, Why didn't you respond to me? Yeah. Online, like it is. The internet has created a lot of problems for us as well as been so cool and helpful. When somebody posts something, didn't you see my post? Um, no, I didn't see your post. Right. I'm living my life. <laughs> right. Like you didn't see my post. You haven't checked on me. Like, uh, yeah, stuff like that. I get all the time. <sighs> Oh my gosh. Like the red on messages, you see that someone read your message, but maybe they just opened your message and didn't read it yet. Yeah, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> yeah, it's like you got a lot. Yes, exactly. I send a lot of messages that are like, just saw this. I know that it's on red, but like I opened the message and couldn't respond. <laughs> Yeah, I literally hate that red thing because people ask me to do stuff all the time. Like, here's a story you should do, blah, blah, blah. And sometimes oh, right. I am ignoring them, but I don't want them to know that I'm ignoring them. 
I wish you could turn the red thing off on Facebook. You should not have that. What is that for? Who is that for? To torture you. That's what it's for. Yes. <laughs> Was there anything you wanted to talk about that I didn't ask you about? Well, hey, thanks for talking to me. I appreciate it. This is fun. Oh my gosh, this is so fun. Yeah. Thanks for having me. For sure. You have a great day. Talk to you. Hope to talk to you again sometimes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Bye bye. I told you Megan was doing the dang thing. Be sure to check out her show, National Lampoon Radio Hour Podcast, wherever you find your favorite shows. And speaking of comedians, vote for your favorite local comedian in Dayton.com's Best of Dayton contest, which is open through February 7th. We have some hilarious people who come from the Gym City. Vote every day if you can. The What Had Happened Was podcast is produced, edited, and written by me, Amelia Robinson, in the WHL. Radio Studios. The show's artwork is by my good friend Troy Lyman of TL Creates of Columbus. See you later, alligators. Bye bye, crocodiles.